Morning Brew, as always, is the page. So, hello, Chris. How's it going? Very good. Thank you for inviting me again, and welcome to all the Facebook Live listeners and watchers. All zero of them for the moment. Yeah, we want to, for some reason, yeah, we were moment. talking about doing part two of knees. I got some questions afterwards. Uh, it, it's yes. always the way, so I think we just said let's carry on a little bit. Join us on Facebook Live. Point being, you can ask Chris anything you like. It doesn't have to be about your knees. Just do aches and pains and bends and whatever you like. Uh, we're on there now. Right. So what do you want to do today? Yeah. Where do we go? Well, it's interesting to note that um, we're getting younger and younger people. You think knees after the age of 50 and you think they're going to be all worn out, cartilage <laughs> and all the rest of it, and, <laughs> and degenerative tendons and ligaments and all the rest of it. But actually, you're finding a lot more, um, you know, sort of degeneration happening and lots of pain stuff happening with uh, people in their, you know, late teens and early uh, 20s. Con- consequently, when it gets to the over 50s, you think, oh, my yeah. goodness, it's just happened, but it hasn't, right? It, it, it's really interesting to note that the knee is kind of a, a com- complex joint that really synchronizes the hips to the ankle. So that's what it does. And there's a lot of there's rotation, there's flexion, extension, there's all kinds of things going on. Hmm. But if those other joints are not properly sitting well, if they're not properly, I call it standard operating position, if they're not in those positions, then you're going to get massive amounts of torque or twisting and grinding. That's actually what's causing a lot of the people when they're playing soccer, they stop, start really quickly, make a sudden movement, basketball's a case in point, and bang, you're tearing something, which is these ligaments, that are as strong as nylon ropes. This is something that is very hard to imagine. How do you tear something? I should imagine, though, with with the games you're talking about, especially at a very high level, you cannot predict what you're going to do. You could go at any any direction at any time with any intensity. So no wonder people's joints start to go when they're younger. Exactly, exactly. And this is where that nowadays with the understanding of the mechanics and biomechanics, and this is one of the biggest uh, changes that have taken place, let's say, in uh, sports coaching, is how do you prepare and how do you recover from the last sporting event uh, quickly so that the body, which actually is always regenerating itself, it's always healing itself, how do you promote better healing? So all these technologies, all these hacking technologies coming into play, but it's also playing less uh, and, and probably, well, not necessarily playing less, but uh, training less and repairing more. This is where the, the new thinking is coming. And Tom Brady is the guy that really started that. He's now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he is, what, 43 years old, the yeah. oldest NFL player. And he's never been injured. So it's just a phenomenal undertaking. His system is 50% training and 15%, 50% recovery. I wonder how you overcome the exuberance to say that if I'm not busting it all the time, then I'm not training effectively. You have to, you have to trust somebody deeply, don't you? Yeah, it, it's true. And everybody's uh, systems are slightly different. And sometimes you wake up in the morning um, and you don't feel like, I remember when I was scuba diving, you don't always feel like going down to do a deep dive to 40 meters. So, you know, you have to be psychologically yeah. prepared. Otherwise you get the shivers. And when you get the shivers, you get the bends. So, you, you know, this kind of thing, so you have to be really careful um, how you're monitored, and they can do heart rate variability testing on the players. They can do lactic acid testing. They can see where they're at biochemically with all the new technology that's out there, and uh, accordingly train them. You know, according to where they're at, you know, mentally and physically and psychologically. I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris, because what I'm going to ask you won't really apply to you right now. But 
Do you yeah. go for hydrotherapy when it comes to joints? Do you? Do you? Uh, are you into that? Hydro. With hydro. Water. Yes, I, I'm a big. Yeah, I'm a big hydrotherapy fan because I think it's probably one of the safest and best ways. Switzerland is the HQ. Place called Bad Regards is okay. the HQ for physical therapy in water. So, um, I actually personally, because of my diving background. I would love to be able to train in that. There's just not many places in the world where you can actually do that to such a high level. And uh, it's, it's extraordinary. When you have a knee problem, you've got no, no pressure. It's almost like doing the therapy work in outer space because that's what water's like. But water is very much more comforting because yeah. it buoys you up. What are the statistics on this approximately? What, the amount of time, the amount of time is more effective um, therapy in water is to perhaps being in the studio. And you basically it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I don't know the stats on that, but I would just say it makes a lot of sense. I like the mixing and matching of things. Right. I think we need Resistance. the forces of gravity to load bear to create uh, more, um, you know, muscular load, therefore more stability. But I think it's also great to go through full ranges of motion with that hydrostatic pressure you get from the water where it literally buoys up the leg. Yeah. You can actually go further than you would do if you were going against the forces of gravity. Therefore, you're training the nervous system better. Do join us on Facebook Live if you have any questions for Chris. Uh, we started, he started, started talking about knee therapy last week and discovered that there was more to talk about. So why don't we get into knees and take it where you will? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the other thing that's kind of interesting for us, talking about mechanics and biomechanics, is that the hip is the controlling center for your entire body alignment. It's the seat of... Uh, it's your center of mass. It's also the seat of where all of the most powerful muscles are. They're kind, kind of primary movers. They're kind of a, a little bit slow compared to the ankle. So you've got two different speeds. It's like you've got gear, a gear system, and the knee is the sort of like the middle gear. And it mm -hmm. kind of synchronizes the hips, synchronizes the pelvis yeah. and the spine everything with the ankle, which is fast moving. You can just imagine the ankle flopping around like this and, and a nice slow gliding action in the pelvis. So it's kind of complex. But it's, it's a kinetic chain. The moment you are not well balanced and not correctly aligned at the hip, like we said many times before, uh, this driver I was talking to you about, about he's, he's always yeah. pushing uh, with his uh, right foot very heavily on the brake. He's <laughs> a professional driver, uh, driving very fast sports cars, just won his race. But anyway, point is this. Uh, he we, we better we better fill our listeners in here for a second, Chris, because you were explaining yeah. something to me about a racing driver before yeah. we started, actually. <laughs> Precisely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he came number three in Le Mans, and he's got lots two uh, for number one in two other races in France. Very very exciting because he's racing for Hong Kong, which is which is great. So he's one of the few. And if his Hong toe is there, he comes to see me. Yeah, yeah. It's the second toe. So what actually happened yeah. is, Amazing. as a result of this uh, this huge gliding this huge push down on one side where you're putting literally your entire body weight on the brake pedal um he developed a locking up as in the nerve has actually come short completely shortened on the second toe so the second toe is actually elevated like this so i'm thinking and i'm working through it at the moment is that the actual nerve in the uh the femoral uh. nerve which supplies the information going down in here which has been shifted so he actually has a huge shift you can see it in his shoulder going. does down this mean because of the discomfort in the toe the knee is somehow yeah. working overtime and that's where we come and, in you come in the knee is right at, the knee is right in the middle there so that's that synchronizing that's the synchromesh 
for what's happening in the pelvis because the pelvis rotates forward and out. Yeah. Now, if you have, if you're sitting in a, a, a chair like that, especially a bucket seat, your pelvis is tilted forward, but your femur is rotated in and the foot's turned out. So you've already got kind of this one, the joint, one joint, the femur going one way and the tibia going the opposite way. You're asking for trouble on those tendons and ligaments, not just in the knee, because the knee controls the foot or the hip controls mm. the knee and also the ankle as well. So this is where I'm looking at it. It's a very complicated problem because there's a lot of swelling. Um, and uh, he had to actually eventually use his left foot to do the braking uh, because he was That's unable to cool, walk. So he was actually walking. It's not cool, but he still won his race. So I just, I mean, it's just phenomenal. But uh, yeah, that's how you have to work it out. You have to trace it back right to where that nerve source starts, which is your lower back, L4, L5, and, and it's all shifted. So you really need the alignment. Without good alignment, you don't have healthy knees. And this is why we're seeing so many young people who are just going out there thinking they can run and chase and jump and twist uh, getting into problems. How do we test the alignment, Chris? Well, there is a good way of doing it, uh, and in fact, it's a great self-test. I mean, I, I do it with eyeball measurements if somebody comes in here, but sure. you can actually, on the, the patella, which is the kneecap, there is an apex right in the middle here for those that can see. The apex points right towards the direction you're going. It should be absolutely straight. And then on the ankle, right there in the very middle of the ankle, mm -hmm. there's another point. So you'd actually put a dot here, put a dot here. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you, you paint a dot on it. And then you walk towards the mirror and see if those <laughs> two dots, firstly, are aligned. Hmm. A lot of the times, one goes one way and one goes the other. And you've got this kind of floppy, unstable um, mishmash of movements. You're unsynchronized. It's only a question of time before the poor old tendons, the poor old ligaments, and the poor old muscles start to scream out. Goodness That's me. pain. <laughs> what, do you do, what do you do then? And we're not talking about racing drivers here. We're just talking about... People. No, no, no. This is just ordinary people. Uh, and you'll be surprised, all those weekend warriors uh, who go on these hill climbs and they're very grueling, going up a hill and coming down a hill. If you haven't got the right ankle stability and strength and you don't have the right uh, knee alignment and if you don't have the right hip, remember, this is cause and effect. I truly believe, even though the, the knee is a complex joint mm -hmm. and it does a lot of different things for that synchronization, I believe that the problems with knee pain are not knees. I think it's actually to do with position of the hips and the shifting of the body weight and the compensation that takes takes place. Uh, right, takes question place. here. You're talking about specialised sports people and sometimes the action on the knees and joints is very violent, and very you know, full on. Yeah. What would be normal behaviour for a knee? Literally just walking around? But normal behavior for a knee is a, a mild 25 degrees of rotation okay. in and out. That's what it's allowed to do. And flexion and extension, you should be able to flex the knee, which is bend the knee to at least 90, 120 degrees like this, no problem. And it should be able to extend fully. So you're fully extended. So it's almost like 180 degrees. Yeah. So that's what the knee is, can potentially do. And obviously, you've got muscles on the outside, on the inside, on the front and the back. It ties it all together, as do the ligaments. There's four ligaments that bind the actual knee together. The rest is muscular. Mm. So it's kind of strong, bouncy. It's like a big shock absorber. Um, so it can, you're supposed to be able to jump from, you know, 15 feet, land, roll, and just move off again. Um, so, so that's how much shock absorption there is. They've done all sorts of tests on, on how strong the knees are. But at the same time, 
Um, it's really about the balance right the way through the entire kinetic chain. One link in our kinetic or moving chain that's not yeah. working well, you got the weakest link is going to come out and start screaming. Okay. That's really what it is. You have to find it along the way. Let's go back that's to where, where postural we... correction works. Let's go back to where yeah. we started today. You said very often people with um, dodgy knees, it would have started yeah. perhaps when they could have been quite young. So how yeah. can you detect that that would be the case as opposed to something that you've acquired recently? Well, again, if you look at uh, the, the, the kneecap, which I think is a great way, that's a great place to start off with a lot of pain is developed around the actual behind the kneecap retro patella syndrome it's called yeah and sometimes oh, it's yeah. due to the fact that if, if you've got a, a a tibia which is the bottom of the leg turned out and you've got the other the, the femur turned in then you have a tracking problem this the the, the actual patella mm. is supposed to glide neatly between two bones just like that so if you've got any sliding or gliding over those oh, ridges in the femur you're going to have some unnecessarily uh, unnecessary grinding. irritation on the soft tissue yeah. it's the grinding again it's that friction which we're looking at and friction causes heat it causes inflammation and eventually it causes pain and and every one of these tissues that you have in ligaments and fascia and what have you have got a lot of neural feedback so they come back to the brain through the central nervous system they say hey something's wrong here and a lot of times it's it's just yeah that friction that pressure that compression on that one side you notice that people who are very right dominant only have their pain on that right side they mm. don't have it on the left unless somebody is a sports injury and you got tackled on that side that's kind of easy to work out let me just clarify something here be right dominant do you have to be right-handed yes. or is they two different things? No, you you don't have to be right-handed. So if somebody's got a kind of a, a twisty, curvy spine, what we mm -hmm. call lateral curves of the spine, scoliosis, it could very well be, again, with that all that sort of mis, uh, misalignment through the spine, it could very well be that one hip is up and one shoulder is down on the opposite side and mm. you can have pressure on that left knee if you're right-handed. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's mostly the right side if you're right-handed uh, and right-dominant, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. What's the most common or garden knee problem that you will deal with? If, you know, if I was to say yeah. every week this will be the thing. Yeah, I think it's just the massive amount of tension people have through their uh, quadricep muscle, which is the thigh muscle on the front. There are four muscles in there, and they all have the same attachment on the tibia right there. It's called the tibial tuberosity. It's a big bump on there. Yeah. Some kids have developed a very large bump. They call it Osgood Schlatter's. And, and if you do that on it, they nearly scream because they've developed so much extra bone growth. And this is where all the tendons attach, and that becomes very, very sensitive to the touch. But for adults, it's the quadricep that tends to be very used because we sit all day. A lot of people sit for long periods of time. Mm. The quadriceps tilt the pelvis forward, and therefore we're kind of using the quadriceps, the thigh muscles, more than we should do. The corresponding muscles in the back, the hamstrings and the glutes, those postural muscles, aren't able to work so well, yeah. and therefore they get really jammed up. I'll tell you what, join us on Facebook Live for three or four minutes if you have time, especially if you've got any questions for Chris. I think it's time to do an evil experiment on Alvin experiments yes let's get alvin on the table <laughs> sir <laughs> we'll move everybody's out of the way so what i'd like to show uh if i may um is a very simple thing that you can 
do at home. I'm gonna, I've got this stool here, yep. and the left leg, or the left hip is at 90 degrees, the left knee is at 90 degrees. So Alvin's laying on the experiment couch, and under his left foot, which is in the air, is Chris's bar stool, really? It's a bar stool, yes, and that's now relaxed. So his pelvis is slightly, it was in neutral, but it's slightly posteriorly tilted. Now on the other side, He's going to straighten out the leg, yep. and anybody can do this at home, and he's going to keep that dead straight. And some people you'll see flop all the way out yeah. to 45 degrees here, or they flop all the way in. This so is with their feet. So I'm going to actually, yeah, this their feet. So I'm actually going to take this four kilogram weight, <laughs> place it by his ankle, because he does have the tendency to slightly turn out. And keep the leg, keep the femur, keep the knee nice and straight. Okay. Now, you can notice here that the foot is slightly inverted. So that means that we're a little bit weak. We can tell that there's some weakness in the inverters here. But now, Alvin is going to slightly extend, very, very slightly extend the leg by just pushing down. And he's going to be stretching his groin area and stretching the back of the knee in a very aligned manner. You'll do that on both sides. This is really very simple. This is no not rocket science. It's just a way of making sure that the leg and the hip are properly aligned mm. and that everything is properly stacked on top of each other. As I said, that synchronization is like different gears going on. You've got the ankle as a gear, you've got this as a gear, and you've got the hip as a gear. And they all rotate as well. So that makes it more complicated. So training with good alignment is key. <laughs> Chris, one question, right? Yeah. You you often talk yeah. about extending. One of the most obvious yes. things to me would be to let gravity and nature take its course and literally hang people upside down I, in a controlled way. I love that. Do you do that? Yes, I actually... I think for the back, as long as you don't have too much uh, degeneration or you haven't broken anything, I think for the back, a, an upside down as an inverted chair or an inverted uh, uh, machine is extremely good. Those back inverters I really like, and I think it's very relaxing. You don't have to go all the way down to 90 degrees. Some people get rather dizzy. You can go to sort of 45, 50 degrees, but, that... but the entire body, right from the ankle, because you hook your ankles in there, you can get a nice distraction through all those joints. And how nice is that? All right, Chris. Brilliant job as always. Join us next week where we're gonna we're gonna rack Alvin next week, right? <laughs> Put him on the rack. Yeah. Absolutely. T tell him thank you very <laughs> much. So much. Really nice one, Chris. Thank you very much. That's Chris Watts. He will be with me as always at this time next.